Hello, critics, non-critics, and friends. Welcome to the Film Optics Podcast, where we take a glance into comic book movies, blockbusters, indie films, and everything in between. I'm your host, Christian, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Evan. And today, we're going to be taking a trip down to Greenland and Iceland to talk about the Northmen. <laughs> I'm going to try. Ah, <laughs> oh, man, oh, man. But yes, um, apologize for that, that silly antic there. But yes, we are talking about Robert Edgar's latest film titled The Northman. Um, very, very excited to get into this one. Um, it's been on one of my anticipated uh, movies of 2022 for the longest time. But I mean, it's, it's finally here. It is finally here. And this one kind of came out of nowhere. Um, I'm not a big Robert Eggers fan. Um, when it comes to uh, The Witch, I actually, or The Witch, excuse me, I actually haven't seen that one, but um, I saw The Lighthouse and I, I was just, I was not a fan, but I believe Devin has seen The Witch, or The Witch, and The, the Witch. The Witch. <laughs> Baba Yaga, The Witch. <laughs> but he has not seen uh, The Lighthouse, but Devin, how are you doing today, man? I'm doing good. I'm feeling like I want some revenge. Some revenge? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm feeling like I, I I can use a little bit of revenge myself. I can use a lot of revenge. Um, I, want, I want revenge on the weekend for it ending. How, how dare it end? I was just going to say the same thing, honestly. Um, it's it's Honestly, it's too short. Please bring back three. Or I don't even know if three-day weekends have ever really been a normal thing, but they need to. Because there's not enough time in the day. It's crazy stuff. We just can't get, just get that that four day, ten hour work work weekend. Yeah, I mean, if only, if only. I mean, we can't even properly avenge our father's death and save our mother uh, during a two day weekend. It's it's just darn near impossible. <laughs> uh, it's not possible. Not possible at all. And before we begin today's episode, you can listen to our podcast on podcast platforms around the internet. And if you are a new or seasoned listener to the show, we would love to hear from you guys. Follow us on Instagram and follow us on Twitter at FilmOptics or email us at FilmOptics at gmail.com for any movie-related questions. Again, that is Optics with an X because we're going to be axing off some heads here in a bit. But uh, yeah, so you, you had a good weekend, kind of just chill Devin, just hanging out and yeah super chill yeah super chill watch uh I, did you start watching severance yet i have not yet i started watching the ultimatum which is what is that an awful reality tv show on netflix <sighs> it's just the trashiest but i just it just gotta eat it up i don't know it, it's like a dumpster fire you can't help but look away yeah from, yeah it's kind of like tiger king in a way where it's like wow this is this is clearly terrible but i can't not look away. So, uh, yeah, for me, I've been, you know, just chugging along some attack on Titan. Um, haven't really watched too much else. I watched a little bit of the Batman on HBO max earlier today when I was like folding laundry, just kind of had it on in the background, um, waiting on the Blu-ray to, uh, come, but yeah. Oh my gosh. It actually reminds me. I have to change the address on my Blu-ray. There's a lot, a lot of little things you'll notice when you move that you have to change the address. For. <laughs> the, the main thing I've actually already changed uh, is Amazon. Uh, first and foremost, of course, uh, that is the numero uno uh, type thing. But yeah. Um, wow. I actually just reminded myself of that. So it, yeah, it, it sucks when you're moving and I mean, it, whether you're moving, you know, across the state, across, you know, the other side of town 
or if you're, you know, moving to Iceland, as as we <laughs> as we uh, see in this um, <laughs> in this new adventure. Um, but Devin, enough of the antics and going ons here. You know, we've been chatting here for a bit. Uh, I do apologize. I'm I'm a little tired today. I do apologize, guys. It was just a very very long weekend. Um, as you know, we kind of mentioned, I'm moving, uh, so that is a lot. Uh, it takes a lot out of you for sure. Moving is probably one of the worst things you'll ever have to do in your life. And yeah, way, way worse than being a Viking. Like, yeah. Viking stuff easy. Oh yeah. I mean, all you're, you're, just, you're pillaging, you know, you're taking things that, you know, that aren't yours, but you know, it's, it, it seems like the Viking life is, they're kind of like pirates, but they're like land pirates. <laughs> if that makes any sense. But they also have ships. They do have ships. They do. They do. I mean, and you know, rowing and, and the um, uh, and um, synchronicity there, which is really, really nice. But ladies and gentlemen, we'll be right back after this introduction to the Northmen. Why would you stow away to such a hellish place? To find what was stolen from me. And what is that? The kingdom. You must choose between kindness for your kin for your enemies all right ladies and gentlemen and we are back with our northman review here on the podcast doing our analysis our our deep dive secrets and easter eggs and all that jazz here on our northman review which is going to be a lot of fun so if you're new to uh, the show uh this is usually how we break everything down uh first thing we'll do is go through our initial reaction which is usually our non-spoiler section for those who have not seen the movie then we get into spoilers. Uh, then we'll kind of talk about some Easter eggs here or there that we've noticed. And then we get into our final thoughts and then we get into our ratings. And then we bid you adieu until the next episode. So, Devin, I'm actually going to have you go first because I'm very interested to see or hear, excuse me, what your thoughts were on the Northmen. Um, being that we've only technically seen two Robert Eggers movies, but you've seen The Witch. And I've seen the lighthouse, but now we've both seen the Northmen. So take it away. Yeah, I remember seeing the the witch when it first came out in college. I went to go see it with a group of friends, and we all were just kind of not a fan afterwards. Uh, it just didn't really connect with any of us. Um, especially, it just it just was very very off kilter and strange for a, for a normal horror horror movie. But you could definitely see he had some talent in his directing and his vision and. It definitely carries forward here because this is this is an epic, like literal and figuratively, just an epic movie throughout. I didn't really know what to expect because, as you know, I'm not I'm not a big fan of period pieces in general, and this is like the ultimate period piece. I was actually watching a video before this, an interview with Robert Egger and Alexander Skarsgård, and he said it's the most historical historically accurate Viking movie ever made. Wow! And you can definitely you can definitely believe that just mm. based on based on all the visuals and everything in this movie, like they definitely took their time. They researched everything and made sure it all is very historically accurate, which I'm sure it's very good news for a lot of people like Jared. <laughs> oh, Jared. <laughs> like a couple weeks ago, he was like, I wonder where this movie takes place. And I was like, I'm guessing it's the North. <laughs> 
the king of the north. I mean, he could be the king of the north, you know, south of the wall or just, you know, Winterfell itself. No, we're talking the king. Um, yeah, I, I do agree. Um, when I first, I've only seen the uh, trailer maybe once or twice. Uh, the trailer is very trippy. Like, honestly, I feel like a lot of people would just mistake this for like an A24 movie, which <laughs> I can't blame them because just based off the trailer itself. Wasn't Lighthouse A24? Lighthouse was, yes. Lighthouse was A24. I, I'm surprised this wasn't. Yeah, I'm surprised it wasn't either. But um, I, I do have to echo what you were saying. Um, I, I actually adore how historically accurate this movie was and you know when I, I i got to see a day before it hit theater i think it was on a wednesday night um got a few nice little uh, free t-shirts there for it as well which is actually kind of cool but i kind of just said you know uh in my my letterbox initial reaction that you know the northman is incredible and it pretty much gave me everything i wanted out of this like you know scandinavian viking slash version of Hamlet, uh, in a way, you know, it's loaded or, with or Lion King, which which is what Hamlet's what Lion King got their idea from. It just keeps moving forward. It's great because you know, like it's the the premise is there, like the, the basic premise is there. You know, the, the son of a you know, it's King a very King. simple setup. It's not hard to follow. That's one thing. That's one thing I, I was worried about because I was hearing some people complain about it being too much into the North, the Norse mythology. I didn't really find any issues with that. It was very easy to follow. There was not any any part I was confused about. I agree. Um, because that's that's like saying, yeah, you know, uh, the new God of War uh, for PS4. It, it's just too much in the North Norse mythology. Well, that's literally what it is. Like like even Ken even Ken Jack from Lights Camera Barstool. He even wrote an article about the the different parts of north of north norse mythology i keep saying north yeah. of norse mythology that you could study on, up on before watching the movie because he he was hearing a lot of people complaining about not understanding different parts of the lore but i didn't really see any any parts where you would be lost unlike unlike dune this actually <laughs> oh my was, was welcoming here to, we go to yeah. new viewers you know what <laughs> You know, a lot of people say that about Eternals. They say that it, they say they actually prefer Dune over Eternals. But I still stand by. I think the Eternals did a better job of introducing characters uh, for Dune. I can understand people saying that for Dune because you know there's there's all these books for Dune for Dune, and you know there's there's the first book which is actually just called Dune that kind of starts off the entire um, journey. But for the Northmen, I mean. I, I agree. Like, I don't think you even really need to know much about Norse mythology. Um, I know a little bit about it uh, just from, um, you know, I was really big into like Greek mythology uh, when I was like in high school and college and just learning about, you know, different gods and uh, different cultures. I just thought it was pretty cool. And this this movie is just loaded with it. It kept me on my toes throughout the entire time. Um, I feel like it could have been maybe like maybe 10 minutes shorter, but I mean, that is what it is. I mean, the action, the editing, the performances alone are just phenomenal. Yeah. I think, I think the best way to describe this movie, feel free to bleep me out, but this movie, like that's, (laughs) that's all you need to hear. It does. Like, and I mean, so did you see the green Knight by chance? I'm not sure if you did. did not end up seeing it. See, I don't see like if if this movie was like the Green Knight, I don't think you would have liked the Green Knight because the Green Knight is based off of a poem. And I mean, it's it's an interesting pre- premise, but that movie has technically has multiple endings and it has a very, you know, l- leaving up to your uh, imagination 
uh, type ending where, you know, you can kind of uh, guess or imagine what the ending could be or what it could mean itself. Um, cause not, not much imagination with this one. You get, no, there is the exact ending. Well, I, I guess like what I've noticed, like when the green Knight first came out, the trailer made it seem like it was this, you know, huge, like action adventure type, uh, story much like the Northman, which we're talking about today, but it didn't really have a lot of that. I mean, there, there was a journey that the main character went on, but it, it was more of like, tests that's the main character in the green knights alexander skarsgård mentioned that when he was like creating or like trying to make this movie happen he just mentioned that it's a family drama like at the core of it it really is it's all about a family that has issues and they it's a family drama and he, he said he wanted to combine a family drama which is usually a, a closer knit like not much like change of setting or scenery it's just kind of a usually a a one plate one setting type of story but he wanted to make an epic where you're traveling across different continents and it's just an epic revenge tale so he just wanted to combine those two things yeah that's exactly what they did so so when so when do you think the northman's going to join the uh the avengers <laughs> he is the ultimate avenger i will say he did avenge he did avenge he did avenge um but yeah so I've been noticing a lot throughout the week that, I mean, on, on Rotten Tomatoes, at least, uh, the critics' tomato meter right now is sitting at 89%, which is phenomenal for Robert Eggers. And I actually have to give him props because um, I read a piece of an article where he said he doesn't like uh, creating movies in present time, like, at all. Like, he, he will yeah, not. Yeah, I saw that, too. Yeah, which is. It's already depressing enough for him. <laughs> I mean, it. yeah, it's. I like his take on that just because I feel like there is so much more you can do with like period pieces and, you know, without having like technology kind of not necessarily ruining the plot, but trying to find ways to write a good story um, like this, where it's like, I mean, if technology was like, you know, back in this day and age, then (laughs) like (laughs) so much would have been, you know, just spoiled out, out, outright but uh the audience score for the northman right now is sitting at 67 percent. i would ask i thought it was going to be around maybe at, at least 75 but i mean it is what it is it's not too far could you, off. Could you, could you imagine somebody live tweeting that that rugby match thing they had wait what imagine somebody like oh yeah having a phone and live tweeting <laughs> that weird rugby death match it was like a mix between rugby and like golf or like uh cricket in a way, kind of, sort of, but I mean, not only do they mention nor, uh, you know, this whole story is, um, you know, just dripping with Norse mythology, but they do mention a bit of Christianity in here as well. I'm not sure if you, uh, caught that, uh, through a few scenes of the, uh, the dialogue there, but I mean, I really just, I love this events tale. It, it really kind of just shows how much pride can get in the way. Um, definitely, you know, obviously having the Hamlet, you know, Lion King thing when it comes to like Ethan Hawke, like he just has this golden mane and I'm like, Ethan Hawke was so good. Yeah, he was, but he was very, he was in it very briefly, but (laughs) very, uh, kind of Mufasa esque for a second. Like (laughs) I was like, that's Mufasa. And then I saw his uncle. I'm like, okay, this is Scar. 100% 100% like you just he's got the black hair you know jealous jealous of the uh you know the, the older sibling and whatnot um but I really just like this tale of, of revenge it's it's sad 
but um, it because it, it is a very very sad story, uh, very depressing. But it's it's kind of, it was kind of uplifting in a way uh, when it came to certain parts. But I mean, just the action was just like obviously this is rated R, so do not you know take your kids to go see this. But I I just loved how everything like I felt like I was actually there and the score is just so brutal and raw and you just yeah you just feel it. And it's like, everyone's, oh my gosh, like, I mean, I get it, you know, like, some people aren't going to like it, but I'm very surprised that, like, I'm actually surprised that the, the general audience isn't liking this as much as I thought, because honestly, I, I feel like this is everything the Green Knight could have been. I mean, I like the Green Knight story, uh, personally I do, but I do feel like it could have used, I mean a little bit more action, but like with the Northman, like there's a lot of action in this, you know, there's betrayal, there's love, there's, I mean, there's actually a lot of funny moments in this as well. Um, with the first, I was not expecting that in the beginning. <laughs> I was not expecting that at all. But like, the first, it actually threw me off. I was like, Oh boy, where's this going? <laughs> but the first time I saw it, cause I saw it twice. Um, my, my audience ate it up the second time. Like I it was like mid afternoon on a Saturday. There was maybe 10 people in, but uh, people still liked it. Nobody left the theater, which is really good. Uh, the sec- first, I think, I think the movie it, it kind of reminded me the most of is like 1917, just kind mm-hmm. of like that raw, like historical, loosely based off of a yeah. real story. Like Amleth is like a real character from, a, um, I think it was a Icelandic story. Oh, no, a, Scan- a Scandinavian like folktale. Okay. Yeah. I just, I mean, even. Even like Anya Taylor Joy, I mean, Scars. We haven't mentioned her yet, but yeah, she's just amazing as always. Yeah, I mean, this is a really stacked cast, and I, it just, it just works. I didn't, I didn't expect it to be this good, and it's just Will, Willem Dafoe's the jester. It's just <laughs> perfect. <laughs> slash, slash, like soothsayer type kind of. I was like, oh my gosh, but, um, and I do apologize. Um, didn't really get into this earlier, but of course, this is directed and written by Robert Eggers along with uh, Sajon. Um, is one of the writing credits, and um, I'm actually gonna read the synopsis here. I know we're doing a little bit backwards today. It's, it's just, like I said, it, it's been a long week and a long weekend, guys. But Prince Almeth is on the verge of becoming a man when his father uh, is brutally murdered by his uncle, who kidnaps the boy's mother two decades later. So I didn't know it was two decades later because they kind of just said years later. But obviously, we know it's at least at least ten. Uh, Ameth is now a Viking who is on a mission to save his mother, kill his uncle, and avenge his father. And that's actually from Rotten Tomatoes. So they, congratulations to Rotten Tomatoes for having a clear, concise uh, movie info slash synopsis for for us to read off to our, our lovely uh, listeners out there. I really, really like that. But yeah, I kind of just wanted to get that out of the way. But um I do feel like we're getting into spoilers unless there was something else you wanted to mention uh, non-spoiler like before we do get um, into that uh, topic. Yeah, let's do it. Let's, let's discuss. Let's discuss Nicole Kidman. <laughs> AMC theaters. We make movies better. <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen, that is your first spoiler warning for the Northmen again. That is your second spoiler warning for the Northmen. So if you haven't seen it, uh, don't take the kids, take your your significant other, or just go to the movie by yourself and go watch it. If you're a big like history movie buff um, or just love Norse mythology, I think anyone can enjoy this movie. Um, so let's get into spoilers here. Of course, 
we do know that uh, Ameth uh, avenges his father, uh, but gets killed in the process, which was actually very, um, very depressing to see. He was like, you know, but he got, he got carried off by his Valkyrie and into Valhalla. Valhalla. Yeah. So he's, he's good. He made it. He, he made it. It, it was, it he died. Was, he died a warrior's death. He did. Um, I, I think the ending, what really got me is after, well, I mean, okay. Before he even faces his uncle Fjolnir, he kind of gets carved up a bit by <laughs> by his half brother and his mother. Even uh, which we'll definitely get into that here in a second. But oh, man, oh man, that was crazy. It, it's just I I felt like I, I felt empathy for him because he was you know with with Scarscar's character, uh, Prince Amleth was like. He was just driven by rage and his his entire life. I mean, you know, all this was taken from him at such a young age. And, you know, he, he learns a little bit of truth about his father saying, you know, from his mother stating, you know, we, we find out that the origins of his mother being a slave as well. And kind of just all this big baggage coming up at once. And it's it's crazy because we don't really spend too much time with Ethan Hawke's character as um, as as the father, as as the king um, of his kingdom. And yeah, we, we we know so little of him, but we don't necessarily know the truth. But the only truth that we really have is from what his mother and from what his uncle has said about his father. Yeah, that's that's all we know. And we just know he's coming back from some kind of pillaging elsewhere and he's returned home i thought it was interesting how they had it to where after you know the pillaging after you know um scars guards baby scars guards you know becomes a man essentially um just rips off that guy's nose yeah i loved i love how they they kept it like that and they kept showing him throughout because you knew he he wanted revenge on that guy specifically and he got it in <laughs> such a badass way that was a uh, a Tyrion Lannister mo- moment for those out there who've, who've watched Game of Thrones. You know exactly what I'm talking about. Uh, the nose be- uh, being cut off, but yeah, it's um, I just I just love how like rich this story is. Um, it does <clears throat> excuse me. It does start off a little slow, but you know it it I mean it picks up like pretty fast, and like you said, it's not a very hard concept to grasp like at all. Um, if you've seen Hamlet, you know the premise for this, and th- that's all—that's all you really need to know. That's literally all you need to know. You kind of just—it's it's Viking Hamlet. That's what Ethan Hawke kept saying in an interview I saw. He just kept saying it's Viking Hamlet. That's all you need to know. And like he, he's absolutely right because I mean, there's so many like I mean, I love the twists and turns that are happening here. Where you know, as we've- the main twist being that that our our sworn enemy. Nicole Kidman is a villain in this one too. Yeah. I mean, it's, it was so funny where everyone, like we were watching in AMC the second time, you know, the, the, we make movies better thing was playing. And then this one lady's like, is that, it was actually relevant for the first time ever. (laughs) People were like, is that the lady from the commercial right before? Like, yeah, yeah, that's her. But, um, you know, of of course, you know, shout out to, um, Anya Taylor joy. I thought she did a, bang up job like their, their relationship is pretty electric because you saw as soon as he got on that ship and he just he just glanced at her and she noticed and you're like okay yeah that's a thing that's the thing they're like hey <laughs> but uh clace bang who plays fjolnir um i thought he did a great job too i i wish i the only thing is that i wish we would have gotten a little bit into fjolnir's uh hatred for his father but i guess we 
kind of get like a surface level reasoning as to yeah we don't get much inf- much background on the 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 king and the new king mm-hmm. we don't get much information on them but which, which is kind of purposeful because they want you to see it from Amlet's perspective right. and then as his world gets turned upside down, as he realizes these things, then so do you realize them as well. Yeah. And that's, that's, and that's a really good point, you know, telling it from, from one person's point of view. So you're not really necessarily getting the whole story, but um, with Amleth, it's, it's so, um, I mean, it's, it's powerful because, you know, I mean, obviously the care that he had for his mom, but then you kind of find out that, you know, uh, Nicole Kidman's character it was Queen uh, Gudrun. She, she hated the she hated the king as well. Apparently, yeah, she hated the, and, and and she hated Amleth, um, you know, in the process, and that it it was a really weird mix of emotions there. That that kiss, that kiss was uh, yeah. that was interesting. D- did you get any uh, like <laughs> any shock or any <gasps> gas? A little bit, there? yeah. Oh, my first my first theater experience was was amazing when I saw it with um. A few critics. I think it was just more of like a fan event type thing as well. Um, they were giving out shirts out the wazoo, as I mentioned in our uh, previous uh, episodes. But yeah, like she, it was weird. Like she kept getting closer and closer. I'm like, oh, she's going to back away. I'm like, oh my God, she's yeah. getting closer and closer. She just kept going. She's like, I'm like, what What do you want, woman? Like, this is, this is the strangest thing I've ever seen in my life. I'm like, this is like Oedipus Rex getting into that type of thing. But um, can we just talk about the action and how, and not not even how amazing it was, but how brutal it was? And like you said earlier, it's it's so raw that you know we we see Vikings just doing the Viking things. You know they're 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 pillaging. They're prefer to end on an epic battle on a <laughs> on a volcano. Yeah, surrounded by freaking lava, like. You can't think of a better Viking ending than that. And that final fight actually lasted longer than than Morbius. <laughs> and, and they were both naked and had to wear prosthetics See, when to, did, to protect themselves. When did you realize they were both naked? Because I never saw any appendages. Well, I, because like when I saw them fighting in the volcano, I was like, "Wait, they're not? No, they're not naked, are they? Yeah, they're naked." I was like, "Oh, okay." I mean, I guess. Then when it, when Amleth's arm gets like slashed. Slash, yeah. Like, oh, that was brutal. And he does that that panting thing where it's like he's he's literally just on his last leg. Like he has, you know, he's finally found his, you know, his uncle. And I thought it was an interesting thing having to wear, you know, 20 years later, um, you know, Amleth is a um, you know, a Viking and you know, trapping like women and children and men inside houses and setting them on fire to you know, learning that Fjolnir actually lost the kingdom after this huge coup with uh, his his uh, killing his brother, and he kind of lost all that. And now, I mean, he's still like a lord in a way, but it's he's been uh, subjected to this like simple farm life. And I like how you know the, the dark blade, you know the blade that feeds, and you know Alexander Skarsgård, um, his character, kind of just terrorizing this small little farm village. Yeah, I love I love how like methodical and like planned out his revenge was. He wasn't just going to go on a rampage to begin with, which is what you would expect from a berserker viking. Like that's what he's been doing his whole life, but he was actually like methodically sat down with Anya Taylor-Joy's character and they just kind of planned out things slowly and then they were just terrorizing this small little farm. 
I love for Ian Taylor Joy's uh, character. It's Olga. Olga. Her name's Olga. Ugliest name you could ever have in the game to Anya Taylor Joy. But it's 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 not just Olga. It's Olga of the Birch Forest. <laughs> yeah, she was like a she was like a witch doctor. Yeah, yeah. She was speaking to the to the trees and earth. She was uh, airbending there for a bit towards the end. She was like, yeah. "Carry me winds to the." Yeah, I thought that was pretty cool. I, I just noticed the one of the characters' names is is Finner the Nose Stub. <laughs> You can guess who that was. <laughs> the uh, the Tyrion Lannister of the, of this story. Um, oh my gosh. Well, I, I say that because so in in one of the episodes, Tyrion. Um, it's like during the the Battle of Blackwater Bay. Um, Tyrion, you know, he's he's setting up to go to battle, and um, his in in the book, his nose actually gets chopped off, um, much like. Um, no thinner here, but in the, um, in the show, it's, it's just like a scar across his face, um, itself. But yeah, that, that definitely gave me some Game of Thrones vibes there for sure. But yeah, uh, <laughs> um, actually, uh, Scar's Scar Scar was actually a producer on this as well. Did not know that. Yeah, I know he had a, he had a hand in developing the story and everything. Which is which is nice. I, I like when actors and produce you know kind of serve within the same role. Uh, Willem Dafoe was great as always as well. But um, kind of just what I I've been rambling on here for a while. I do apologize again, y'all. It's just been a long day. Uh, was there anything you wanted to um, bring up before we get into our final thoughts? Yeah, one more piece of trivia. As I was watching the video with Robert Eggers just describing the historical accuracy as far as the Vikings movie goes, he said the only thing that isn't accurate is the hairstyles. Because Vikings are notorious for having a very strong bowl cut, so he said they tried that on Skarsgård, and it just it just doesn't work. I mean, it's a bowl cut; it's gonna look goofy no matter what. Yeah, yeah. So they went with the long hair, which obviously there were Vikings that had long hair, but it was much more prominent to have a bowl cut. Yeah, honestly, I was waiting for Kratos to come out of somewhere and be like, <laughs> yeah. like I'll, I'll help you, Amleth, you know, avenging your father because. He he definitely went full, full Kratos in this, even though Kratos originally came from Greek mythology. But I love how they kind of threw him into Norse mythology as well. But yeah, I mean, uh, unfortunately, no, no signs of Thor, but that's okay. You know, I'm sure he's he's around there and whatnot. But. Yeah, he's probably hanging around somewhere. Yeah, it's probably. Did, did you did you play God of War PS4? Yeah. You did. Did, okay. not, did not beat it, but I did play it. Devin, oh Devin. So now you should go back because now 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 you have the raging berserker fuel. After you've seen this movie, and be like, I'm freaking ambulance mother. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I, will, I will avenge my father. I will save my mother. I will kill you. Feel near. Feel near. I, I really love that. I, I love that line. How he just, it's, it's literally his life's goal. And I, and then his mom could not care less. Nope. Mom couldn't care less at all, which is, it's very sad. Like, you know, you, you, you just, you learn all these things and even the farms people, it's the fact that he, <laughs> he, I love how we, how, uh, how Skarsgård brands himself. And he's like, I need to get in. Yeah. I wasn't expecting him to make himself a, a slave to, in order to infiltrate it. Yeah. I, I don't know why people say this story was hard to follow. It was, it was very straightforward. I mean, if you yeah. don't like it, obviously, you know, any listeners. I mean, obviously, there's there. a lot of like North mythology, like the yeah. the ravens showing up, showing up throughout. It's obviously a classic symbol of usually the usually like death, but also just it, it represented his father basically, like at all times. Yeah, and even this, you know, the kind of like a prophecy type thing. You know, he obviously, um, you know, Amleth ends up dying, and um, 
uh, Olga is pregnant, you know, they, they, they get it on and whatnot, but she has twins and that's, you know, how Luke and Leia are born, Yeah, <laughs> but she does not. Do, well, I love it. How it's like, you know, I, I love the visuals of the family tree mm-hmm. like, yeah, from the very beginning, cool. but it, lo- it looks so cool. Yeah. I like that a lot. That was pretty sweet, but yeah, uh, let's just get into final thoughts here. I do apologize. Y'all just wanted to cut this a little early today. Cause your boy, is tired, <laughs> tired as all get out. But um, yeah, for me, final thoughts. I think we've kind of touched on a few things. I mean, I would love to have gone into this a little bit deeper, but you know, kind of just press for time and whatnot. But on, just, just this is probably my this is my second favorite movie of the year, next to uh, Everything Everywhere All at Once and uh, Batman being number three. Uh, I mean, I I think more people should go see this. Like, I mean, if you're just looking for a, an amazing. Classic, just, you know, Viking style, a, a Hamlet style story with a lot of blood and just action and, you know, drama. It, it, it really, it really is a family movie. <laughs> there are, a lot, there's a lot of complaints recently about, about the MCU being the only type of movie there is and just superheroes movies in general being. Oh yeah, I saw that tweet. <laughs> overmade and, and there's just too much of it. But at, at this very moment, there are three incredible independent type movies out that everyone should go see. And there's nothing stopping them from seeing it. There's no other Marvel movies out. There's nothing in the immediate future that's going to stop it. You go see The Northman. You see everything everywhere all at once. And you see massive talent. Like there's just so many options out there. But people are just still complain that there, there is nothing in cinema to watch. But there's just so much. They just ignore it. I, I would agree with, with what you're saying there. I mean, and yeah, there was, I'm assuming you're referring back to the tweet that we saw earlier. Someone had said none of, uh, it, it's, it's a picture of, uh, the green Knight, uh, the new Macbeth movie, uh, the last duel, which came out last year and then the Northman and, uh, someone had tweeted saying none of them made any money and I blame Marvel movies. And it's, that's that you, you can't. No, the, Marvel has nothing to do with it. Cause number one, it, it's all about how you market your film and obviously with especially with the last duel a lot of um you know between the the merger between fox and disney when they kind of got uh engulfed by uh you know the, the house of mouse disney didn't really do anything for marketing or advertising for it so of course people aren't going to go see it unless you're a really scott fan or unless you've read the book or if you're just a big you know period piece you know fantasy slash like um, middle-aged nerd like I am uh, the green Knight I thought was advertised well but I think it was I feel like they misguided a lot of people I still haven't seen the tragedy of Macbeth um, one day I will I just haven't picked it up yet but yeah with the Northmen as well I, it's these these are all pretty simple straight stories I mean the only one that has a very ambiguous ending from what I've seen outside of uh, Macbeth, because I haven't seen that one again, would probably be the Green Knight because there's a lot of different like endings there. But no, like, like Devin said, like nobody's stopping you from seeing the movies you want to see. Um, I also saw a, a tweet video where someone was saying that um, they want a Marvel cinema. <laughs> they want a Marvel movie that has nothing to do with superheroes and just about like, everyday life of people living within the Marvel cinematic universe. And I'm like, why don't you just go watch other movies? Like that's, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, that is a terrible idea. Like DC already tried that. 
Yeah, DC. It's. I mean, like I like I can see how on paper it sounds super interesting, but people go to see a superhero movie to watch a superhero kick some ass, and that <laughs> that's literally what it boils down to. They care about the character. They care about their story. I don't. I don't want to see. You know the <laughs> the uh, the baseball manager of the Mets who has to rebuild the brand after the blip <laughs> happens. Yeah. Like, I don't care about that. Nobody does. And that would that would be the complete opposite of what Marvel and or DC is trying to do. And it's j- just go watch other movies. There's so many other movies out there. Not every movie needs to be tied to the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Like, this isn't this isn't a, a super, like, origin story of Thor for the Northmen. It's... <laughs> <laughs> it's it, it's Viking Hamlet, you know. It's 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 all about Skarsgård and and Nicole Kidman, you know, just kicking ass and taking names. Like I I don't know. I I it boils my blood when people try to blame Marvel movies for the less less success of other movies where it's like they they're they're not marketing as well. And people know these other movies are out, and you can't blame them for wanting. Like I mean, if if the Northman doesn't look interesting to someone why would they go see it if that type of like storytelling or that type of period piece doesn't interest them why would they go see it (laughs) it 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 doesn't make any sense like there's there's been so many movies where i kind of just i kind of skipped i mean like i was i was thinking about seeing ambulance but like i just i don't know i mean maybe one day I'll, i'll watch it but it's just not something i'm super interested in i'm kind of i'm just kind of over michael bay but that's just me but you know everyone has different tastes but people are uh, crazy today, <laughs> for sure. Just, just, just watch movies. It doesn't matter what kind of movie it is. You know, if you want to watch Marvel movies, superhero movies all day, that's great. But also know that there's there's so many other movies out there that you can watch. Not everything has to be tied to a cinematic universe. Um, and Marvel is not to blame for um, indie indie films. I mean, indie films usually make less money anyway because they are an independent studio. But that doesn't mean that they're any less important or less good than like a superhero movie, but I don't know. Uh, rant over. <laughs> Do apologize there, but that pretty much concludes our um, coverage of the Northman here. Of course. Uh, thank you, Devin, always for coming on. Uh, so actually, no, I'm sorry. We did not get into ratings. Uh, what would you give this? I'd go with the 91, 91. Yeah. I give it a four and a half stars on letterbox. Uh, I just felt like it was just, just a little bit too long. Um, but I didn't really have any issues with the story itself. I thought the editing was amazing. Um, the it, music, the, the score, the score was just, wow. Yes. The drums, everything. And it was all authentic Viking instruments as well. I'm going to, I'm going to blast that in the car, drive it into work tomorrow or that's dangerous. <laughs> going to speed up. Honestly, I'm working from home, so I'll just listen to it while, as I walk to my computer. <laughs> get, get me pumped up in the shower or something, you know, get get all the, the juices flowing, going berserk out here. But yeah, um, so I guess four and a half stars on Letterboxd, I guess that equates to like a 91, 90, uh, pretty much on the same plane as Devin. Um, again, if you haven't seen this movie, definitely go watch it. Um, it, it really is, this really is like a true work of art and it, the cinematography was just fantastic. Like, Oh man, uh, Robert Eggers, congratulations, the whole cast and crew, but what's coming up on the podcast. You might ask, we have so much coming up. 
Actually, I'm not entirely sure how much we have coming up. But as of right now, um, you can listen to us uh, conclude our thoughts on the Hunger Games Mockingjay Part 2, um, where the lovely Nicole Ackman from Next Best Picture joined us on that endeavor. You can also listen to our uh, The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talents review that is up on the podcast as well, which is always a good time. Uh, we have our Moon Knight Episode 4 review title of the tomb out there as well and we'll be you know reviewing for episode five and six the penult- ultimate episode hitting this week and our everything everywhere all at once review is up on the podcast as well as many many others you know our our entire podcast list is there for everyone to sort through as they wish so uh we only ask one more thing before we go and that is to share an episode of our podcast with a friend, whether it be your mother, your brother, your lover, whoever it may be, make sure to share an episode of the film optics podcast with a movie lover in need. And we hope you guys all have a wonderful start to your week. And that's a wrap for today. Thank you all for listening. And if you enjoy the show, leave us a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify and follow us on Twitter and Instagram to stay in the know. That was Devin. My name is Christian. We'll see you guys in Valhalla.